The estate planning team is an Ohio-registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Don't know much about history, don't know much biology, don't know much about a science book, don't know much about the French I took, but I do know that I love Good morning, Carrie. Good morning. You picked a really good song and an older song I actually You're listening could to sing. Financial Food for Thought. You've got Mark Dowling, Kara, with that. Well, I think a lot of students may be singing this after this shut the the, the, the shutdown year, don't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, the amount of time, people that are behind. Wow. And I assume schools will be all back in session. Mm-hmm. Most of them are. I think this, a lot of them are. The uh, this spring have been back full swing, and it's grad season, right? Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, we we always, you know, talk about well, what financial advice you should give your recent college graduates. Mm-hmm. So today I'm going to talk about the best financial advice you can give them, which Carrie right. is the fifty thirty twenty rule. Very good. So we'll do that. But got some something before that. Before that, though, you know, a lot of commencement speeches going on. Did you mm-hmm. did you hear? Our vice president's commencement speech at the Naval. Okay. Uh, no, I saw the highlights that where people weren't thrilled about it. Who will soon help convert solar and wind energy into power. Convert solar and wind energy into combat power. And just ask any Marine today. Would she rather carry 20 pounds? See, this is her woke joke. Do you yeah, hear this? Yeah, not very. Oh, no, I okay. saw it. I didn't hear right. it. I read the online, and people are not very happy. It didn't go over. No. Well, it kind of went over like a lead balloon. Here we go. Mm-hmm. batteries or a rolled up solar panel. And I am positive she will tell you a solar panel. And so would he. No one left. <laughs> no, because she she's laughing. an idiot. Well, yeah, that's kind of... Well, you know, but she's done that many t- times. I-, I call it the Kamala cackle. Yeah. Uh, At the most inappropriate times, she gives us laugh. Is it a nervous laugh, maybe? Uh, it, it has to be. It, right, because people do have the nerve. I'll, I'll give her that. You know, and, and remember, because it, it's, it's happened more than once. Like, I don't think that's a place in a military... Uh, I don't know. I don't want to... Even... Well, the whole thing... Whoever wrote the joke, yeah, I mean, it, it bombed. It bombed, but... The but in a similar situation, remember when when it was in wasn't she trying to make a joke? When I remember when the reporter asked her about whether she was going to visit the southern border, right, for, with the crisis going on, because President Biden had appointed her the czar to correct it, right? And so the so the reporter says, "Well, Kamala, Vice, Vice President, are you planning to visit the south border?" And, and she just kind of said well not today and hasn't and then, in several days and, and they gave the cackle ha ha i'm not addressing it all I'm and like no one else no one else in the press room was laughing well yeah because it's a big problem and she keeps kind of ignoring it and she was supposed to handle it yeah and she's supposed to be our next president yeah i don't know about that all right so so lots of uh so I'm going to talk about the 50-30-20 rule carry mm-hmm. and and I think you said last week you've you've trying to implement that with your grad, my oldest yeah grad. graduated in, in December 2019 before um he's following it cuz he wants to buy a new house and yeah and I and I've got my oldest first graduate following it working on the others it's not easy to do um, no and we'll talk about that um but before that I've got some a lot of lot of economic data. Mm-hmm. Okay, we had the 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 triple witching week. I call it. That's Ooh. where you get the ADP report, the jobless claims reports, and the monthly jobs report. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that because a lot of mixed signals there. 
and a lot of people were saying, was this good news? Is this bad news? It's what news is this? Right. And, you know, it, it comes back to Bidenflation, right? And, right. And that's a big issue right now. And it's it's whether or not this economy, this beach ball bounce recovery. Right. You know, if you think about that, the beach ball, right? If you if you're holding a beach ball underwater, right, it's not natural, right? You feel that pressure coming back. That's basically what we did when we shut down the country. Right. It was an artificial financial mm-hmm. detriment. It, it wasn't based on what has caused recessions in the past. Mm-hmm. We were rolling along fine. Right, and we forced businesses to shut down, which had this ripple effect. Because right. you think about even now, they talk about new automobile shortages because of the chips, because of the shutdown. I've heard when businesses, um, I was at a doctor's appointment, their air conditioning went, well, they had no air conditioning for a week because they had to wait for a part because things were behind because of the shutdown. Right. So we're still feeling the impact of that. Right. And so it's that idea of the beach ball. As soon as you know that you let go of that beach ball, it's going to come shooting out of the water, go straight up in the air, looking great, but it doesn't stay in the air very long. Mm-hmm. It immediately falls back down to a base, right. <laughs> the floor. So that's what they're calling this Rona recovery, the fact that... We're seeing this huge, fast, you know, bounce the the you know the the revenge spending and all right. the stimulus money that was dropped, the helicopter money that was dropped in their laps, and people who couldn't travel for a year or, or longer, right, or or didn't or couldn't even go out to eat, basically, and and a lot of discretionary spending, and that's all going to be happening. We're going to see this huge, and that that could cause this inflation, which the Federal Reserve keeps telling us it's transitory. Right. You know, and, it's and, not going to last. And the, the high GDP is is not last. It's just, it's just because you're looking over year over year how bad it was last year. So when you look at the year over year, it looks tremendous. You know, the highest GDP year over year ever. But again, it's not going to last. So we're going to go back to the, the average or the mean. And, and the Federal Reserve keeps saying so will inflation. But there's a lot of other people that says, no, this inflation isn't transitory. And And they're worried about it. And especially that's what kind of came out in the wage numbers and the jobs reports is that there were the people who are in that camp thought, yeah, this is what we've been saying. You know, maybe this inflation isn't transitory. And and I keep saying if, if this inflation that we're seeing right now isn't transitory, I think the Biden administration will be. Mm-hmm. So Carrie, get us started. So. Well, good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We are here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational program here to give you helpful information about issues that may impact you. And that's true if you're working and thinking about your future retirement years or you're someone who's already in retirement and concerned about spending or you may be facing minimum required distribution or want to look at Roth conversions or you're concerned about would like to spend more. Maybe you're not sure spending those things because you don't know how long your money will last. And people are also concerned about future tax increases, although they say if you're only making 400,000 plus, but you know that you'll be affected, but still people are concerned either way, if they don't do anything the the Trump tax cuts will go away in 2025. So we still have this window or the end through the end of 2025. So right now we do have more favorable rates that if Congress does nothing that they will go away. So for many people have a window of opportunity. So um, that's just things that we talk about issues that may affect you financial challenges um, that people face throughout their um, lifetime. And we're sponsored by the estate planning team. And the estate planning team is an Ohio registered fiduciary, affordable fee-based planning firm that offers hourly and comprehensive planning and helps people through analysis and recommendations or and looking at all the issues that can impact your financial life in a very detailed way. And by doing that, we can give people clarity on steps they can take what they can do to create future tax efficient income and avoid a lot of the tax trap or address their worries. Maybe you're worried about a premature death of a spouse. Maybe your spouse has health issues. Maybe you want to stop working. What about a long-term care stay is a real thing. And, um, and it's a lot of people don't want to ever go. That's I laugh. Our questionnaires, you know, how do you feel about a nursing home? I don't want to go. 
don't um, like them. Yeah, I don't like them. I don't want to go. No, I don't know that. I don't know anybody who really wants to be in there. But by the time you're in there, it's not your choice. Right. Nobody checks cost- themselves into no. a nursing home. No, it's it's a, unfortunately a forced. And, you know, there's there's a whole bunch of issues there as well. Um, the company, we offer a free no obligation consultation. We're happy to do those in person. Or we can do those by phone, and we actually ask for information ahead of time. If you'd like to provide that to us, we can do some preliminary analysis. We help people with timing of Social Security, how much you should be contributing to company plans, your cash flow planning. You know, we're not investment advisors. We look at assets in terms of risk growth and tax efficiency, but are you taking on more risk than needed and just giving people clarity? I have had, Mark, in the last three months, people in their mid to late 50s call us some of them are starting to work with us that don't want to originally their plan was to work till 65 so they can take medicare Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of the standard or their full retire or full social security age 66 and eight months 67 all these people are saying hey i i'm done with this like with covid i don't know and i don't know if it's like the covid or putting things in perspective where they're saying i just want to have the freedom of time to enjoy myself and enjoy my life so when's the earliest I can retire? And that really is dependent on what kind of retirement that you want to build and how much you spend. I have some people that really want this um, high price tag retirement and other people say, nope, if I can retire before 60, I'm good with minimal. I don't want to spend more. And if that means I have to take on a part-time job and leave my full-time job, which is extremely stressful because a lot of companies are short-staffed. A lot of companies are because maybe people because of the shutdown, you know, have more workload and not more pay. Um, So, you know, we can help show people through this financial modeling that we do. Um, And you can take advantage of a free consultation if you have a little bit of issues, whether it's timing of Social Security, um, pension elections. IRA distribution planning, Roth conversion planning, whatever that may be, um, we might be able to help you. And you can call for a free consultation at 440-239-2090. Leave a message. We'll call you back on Monday morning. That's 440-239-2090 or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. Okay, so so before we get to the fifty thirty twenty rule, and we'll stay on this for a couple of weeks. There's a lot, a, a lot of ways you can look at that. But I first, there's a lot of economic data, and should you be worried about Biden inflation, right? And should you be changing your financial plan right now? And and what do you see in the reports that came out this week? Well, I I call it a triple witching because. Once a month, you've got in one week, you have all three reports. You have the ADP report, the jobless claims report, and the jobs report from the U.S. Labor Department. Well, okay, so that's starting with the ADP report. All right, so the the street was looking for about 650,000 new jobs, right? ADP was very positive. It started it off. That was the first Mm -hmm. one up. It was very positive. 978,000 jobs created. Okay, very right. positive. So everyone was getting really excited. Remember, because remember last month you had right. the worst miss in the jobs report. Right. Well, I don't know, Mark. Even just driving around on the weekend with my husband, we're different. Everywhere has hiring sign-on bonuses, and I think now that Ohio requires people to actively whereas unemployment look for jobs there's a lot of process you have to prove that you're actively looking and they're back to that hopefully more people will be taking on these jobs and certainly the adp report you know showed that the hospitality and leisure came on strong you know with Mm -hmm. all the restaurants and all the summer gigs opening right four hundred forty thousand of that nine hundred seventy eight thousand new jobs so no i guess no surprise there but upside surprise right very good Mm -hmm. Then we had the weakest jobless claims and more good news. It came in at 385,000 below the 400,000 mark. You know, that's the first time it's been below 400,000 in a long, long time. Okay. But, you know, there's still a lot of people out of work. So people were feeling good going into Friday's, you know, you know, the jobs report. Now we're, we're you know, we're recording this on Friday. So we're, we're working with information that came out this morning and the jobs report disappointing mm-hmm. okay so again the street was looking for the medium the, the, and, and nobody knew i mean the street was all over the board as low as three hundred thirty-five thousand, you know new non-farm payrolls or on the high side a million 
You know, they were throwing that million number out again. I, I'm sure President Biden would like to, would like to see the million. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he didn't even get the consensus, 674,000. It came in at 559,000. It missed again. Now, last month was the biggest miss ever, but now this is two back-to-back missed months. What's going on? Okay, but we also saw that the unemployment rate ticked downwards. Mm-hmm. See, we're getting mixed signals. Mixed signals, you know. So the the unemployment rate ticked down to five point eight percent. The consensus was five point nine percent, and last month it was six point one percent. Okay, but then we saw the average hourly earnings tick upwards. Okay, now this is really getting confusing. Well, I think because people are so desperate for employer employees that they're paying more or they're offering bonuses, and that is. The is problem, the right? Because you know you're talking about a new type of inflation, right? Called wage inflation. Okay. All right, and so who's going to pay for it? You mean? Well, <laughs> so the so what the um, so what the so-called experts were thinking was that as more of those hospitality jobs were going to get come back online, Carrie, mm-hmm. it's not they're not usually the highest averagely hour pay people right mm-hmm. they're at the lower end meaning that as more of those came back in it would lower the average hourly see what i'm saying in other words because mm-hmm. you're because you're mixing in more people working at a lower hourly wage so what people were thinking is is all those people that a restaurant and those hospitality jobs came back it would actually would have lowered the average hourly mm. and so the fact that it went up leads to your conclusion is that, okay, that must mean that the employers have to be paying more to attract workers. Right, because there's so much competition for the jobs. Okay, and and that... And or so, for employees, rather, sorry. And that is not... So wage inflation is not always good, right? Because mm-hmm. it, if the, you know, because what, what you know, and, and the idea is, is, is if the labor market is tightening up too much, the, that raises the corporation or the employer's cost, right? That means they're going to rise, you know, their prices. They're, they're going to raise their prices, which causes inflation for everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. So, and wage inflation, Carrie, typically is not transitory. Right. Because once you wait, what are you going to do? Give people people you hired. You're going to say, "Oh, things are normal now. We can hire." Yeah, more. we were just we're kidding you about a, that. Fifteen dollars an hour cut. Guess what? People are going to leave. Yeah. So typically, it's hard to lower you can't dial wages that back. when you just raise them, right? Um, so so that's a so now we have signs that are saying, "Oh, maybe this inflation." isn't transitory maybe we do have wage inflation as a matter of fact there was a lot of fed speak this week around and you know you had bill dudley who was a former new york fed president right pretty smart guy and he was talking about it and you know he was talking about inflation he was saying yeah likely transitory for now but it could become more persistent in the coming years as more people return to work Mm-hmm. Uh, he thinks the scare right now is probably going to abate a bit as we go through next year. That's when the beach ball comes right. back down, right? Um, but in the long run, we will. He does believe we'll see inflation permanently be or get above the two percent. Well, I think everyone believes now that inflation right. will be above two percent. Um, now, um, you know, he went also to say, you know, more people must gain employment before the U.S. faces a labor constraint that feeds through to inflation more persistently in the coming years. So he's still saying that because there, you know, this is this is the the debate, right? So mm-hmm. is there really wage inflation right now, or how can there be that much wage inflation if there's still so many people unemployed? Well, now it's back to your issue, Carrie, because they're not looking for work because they're getting the unemployment check, right? Right. Eventually going to run out. We also had the current Dallas Fed president, Robert Kaplan, another very smart guy. And his comment was the potential excesses in the housing market and other inflation signs are indicators that the central banks should start tapering slowly. So this is a change. You know, you know, in other words, Fed chairman Jerome Powell has always been saying, hey, remember his famous line? We're not even thinking about thinking about raising rates, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that may be changing. 
So we'll see. I believe the next Fed meeting is this month, I don't know, June 15th, June 16th, okay. I think, I time. And we'll see. We'll be listening carefully to Fed chairman and seeing if he his he their 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 change or tone and maybe they start talking about thinking about beginning to start talking about raising interest rates. So are we going to have, you know, these low interest rates through 2023-2024 or because we actually are starting to see inflation that may not be transitory, will they have to act sooner? And of course, when they do act sooner than what they've been leading the markets to believe, that can cause turmoil, right? That remember that that was the taper tantrum that we had a few years ago, mm-hmm. you know, that really shook markets, and that's what they're desperately not trying to repeat. Um, but overall, the, it's an amazing recovery, and it's been like no other recovery before. Um, and, and a lot of it was because no, no other in previous recessions, did you see this collaboration between the monetary, you know, the federal reserve and the fiscal, the government acting together so quickly, Mm -hmm. all right. You know, where you had huge, you know, huge spending or, you know, government spending or, you know, helicopter money and, the lowering of interest rates and how quickly you know, and, and keeping them low and, and working on that. And it will it work? Um, we'll see. So, you know, so we'll continue to watch that um, and see if we, you know, if these, if the Federal Reserve and the government, the White House and, and the Democrats can keep this together and can keep inflation intact and and continue to make their case that the you know the, they're not worried about the inflation right now they're not worried about spending more money right now what they're concerned about is not having another jobless recovery and that's what's killed a lot of the recessions in the past you know actually back in the 2000, 2000 as well as of course the great recession Mm-hmm. You know, where we had a complete jobless recovery. And, and, and that's what they're desperately trying to, um, imp- you know, not repeat this time. And, you know, so the, we'll, we'll see. But again, if we if we don't get if we <laughs> if we can if we continue to get disappointed on these jobs report, that's not going to build a lot of confidence in the Biden plan. Right. And regardless of that, there's only so much you can do is take control of your own financial life and use the opportunities that exist in the complicated tax code and have a plan so that you know to adjust depending on what our government does or tax law changes. And you can call 440-239-2094 for a free consultation by phone or in person. We have affordable hourly and affordable comprehensive retainers. You can either just talk in general or for people who are willing to give us information, we'll actually run some preliminary analysis for you so we can say these are the areas that you, you know, or what we can do for you and then what we what the cost is or addressing those concerns that you have instead of worrying about things that maybe you shouldn't be worried about or having no clue about things that you should be worried about and thinking you're okay. And that happens all the time. It's, you know, we hear clients over there say, you don't know what you don't know. And it's about getting clarity and taking control of things when in a world there's a lot we can't control. You can, again, call 440-239-2090. Leave a message. We will give you a call on Monday morning or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. And we will reply to that as well. All right. You're listening to Mark Dolly and Kara Waddell. And we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. State Planning Team have been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years, doing it one plan, one family at a time. And over those decades, Carrie, we've certainly have coached our clients on how to, well, first understand these general financial planning tools, whether you're talking about the 4% rule or today we're going to talk about the 50-30-20 rule. But even more importantly than just understanding what they say is how you have to modify them for your own circumstances. Mm-hmm. That's really what financial planning is all about. 
And in the past, with, before we had the the robots that could do wonderful things right. with financial planning, you had to kind of go by these general rules. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to do that anymore. You can take the general rule and really modify it specifically to put your own type of, you know, what assumptions you want to assume. Mm-hmm. Or play the 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 what if games in other words if you couldn't do it exactly this way if you dialed one dial like you're you're mentioned about dialing down or up a certain whether it's the rate of return on investments or it's what inflation rate you want to use that's what the, the wonderful thing with the computers and the robots today is they can crunch those numbers instantaneously you can't do that in your head and do it over several years i think that's the impact people don't realize Sometimes a quarter of a percent or half a percent when you're looking at 10, 20, 30 years makes a big difference. And I think people don't know where they're headed. And oftentimes when they come in for the free consultation, when they're in good shape and they're current thinking, maybe they can retire even earlier than planned, um, is that they are like, boy, I didn't know that seeing that long term assumption. And we use realistic and very conservative assumptions, because if you're not comfortable um, and haven't put in all the work when we actually get into the detail once you become a client, you're not going to feel comfortable whether it's the retirement date or if I'm in retirement, actually spending that extra money. How many times have we had clients over the years in the maintenance? We have a few now that are finally spending because they see, okay, I'm ahead of plan or I'm on track, I'm on track. And you're still accumulating money and spending it could mean like we have a client, finally she's paying somebody to clean the house and do the yard work that she's always wanted to do. She was just afraid to do that. I mean, sometimes paying some, you know, spending could be making your life easier or treating yourself for self-care. Right. So it, it's, it's just comes with, you know, like anything else, if you've never done something before, it's very difficult. But as you get used to doing it over and over again, mm-hmm. you get very comfortable and you start putting yourself in a better decision making mode. So we'll, We'll talk about so if for uh, so if you want to go back for the the previous few shows we were highlighting the four percent rule right and today we're going to shift gears a little bit and and talk about the fifty thirty twenty I, I sometimes care I like to say the fifty thirty twenty rule gets you to retirement right mm-hmm. and then the four percent rule gets you to the grave okay that's how I like to think about it all right um, and. We're doing this, you know, again, calling this the the 50-30-20 rule may be the best financial advice you could give to your college grad. Because if you could, if you can start off early and, and create or, or, or be disciplined enough to follow this strategy, there's only one thing that's going to happen to you over your working years. You're going to become a millionaire. And it doesn't matter how much money you're making. And that's what a lot of people never get. Carrie, right? A lot of people mm-hmm. don't believe us when we say that. No, that, but it, it you know, works. That, that, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, yeah, if you're making, you know, $100,000 a year as you, when you, in your first year out of college, you'll be fine. Well, yeah, but what we're saying is if you make half that and follow the 50, 30, 20 rule, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And that's when people say, well, how can that, how can it be the same? Right. And it, it's because <laughs> we're creatures of habit and we're human. Mm-hmm. And it's another type of inflation that the, the people that study these things call it, they call it the lifestyle inflation. Mm-hmm. And it's the reason why people don't have enough money saved up for retirement. And other people call it the lifestyle creep. Okay. Not like, you know, Joe Biden's creepy, you know. <laughs> Sniffing people's no, hair. No, the, <laughs> the The creep and the idea that um, it's, you know, the natural tendency to increase your living expenses as as your income goes up. In other words, it's, it's the idea that, you, you know, when you, let's say you jump jobs, right, and you get a nice pay increase. Well, you immediately increase your lifestyle. You think, oh, I got the extra money, so now I can buy that better car. I can go out to eat more. I can. I can buy that house. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, or if you even if you just get a nice raise. Okay, um, and and the idea is if you can, that's your natural tendency, and 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 if you do that over your whole career, that's where you find you know, we're finding, and the baby boomers are a good example of that. Is that a lot of them are not going to have enough going into retirement mm-hmm. because they they just follow that. So what the fifty thirty twenty rule it says no, you 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 put parameters around how you spend your paycheck. You're more conscious of it. Okay. It takes a lot more discipline. A but lot the, more discipline. But the, it's not easy to do. No. It's very difficult. To, now, now, so, and, and of course, we know who made the, we talked about Bill Benjamin who made the right. 4% rule. Carrie, who made, who popularized the 50-30-20 rule? One of your favorite people. Uh, not my favorite person, but this is a great rule. Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren. Okay. So she. I have to give her credit for that. Yeah. Right. Um, so she wrote a book, co-authored with her daughter uh, back in 2005. It was called, you know, All Your Worth, The Ultimate Lifetime Money Plan. And that's what kind of, uh, you know, popularized this 50-30-20 rule. So what does the 50-30-20 mean? Okay, well, the 50% means, uh, you know, whatever you're making, you spend 50% of it on your mandatory daily living expenses. Okay, that would obviously be food and housing, mm-hmm. health insurance, income taxes, you know, and, and, you know, utilities, you know, all that. Your daily living expenses, mm-hmm. pretty much mandatory. Groceries, things like that. Now, then the next 30% you reserve for discretionary spending. Your entertainment, eating out, travel, hobbies. Now, Carrie, we always say you can make an argument that any expense has a discretionary element to it. Right. Well, I don't know. Is there a discretionary element to Certainly, I guess you could say that about your groceries, obviously. Mm-hmm. Or, but can you say that about your electricity bill? I, I don't know. Maybe. No. Maybe um, you could be a little more conscious, but I don't think it's going to be. Could you, a... could you say that about your how much of a mortgage you take and how much of a house you buy? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What cars you buy? Right. Okay. What you're paying at the gas pump? Mm, not really. Not really. Um, so, so some of this is you know. So you have to kind of account for that. So you got the fifty percent going to mandatory living expenses, the thirty percent going to discretionary spending, and then the remaining twenty percent. That's what you save. Okay. Now, what about Mark? I always heard about you're supposed to save ten percent of your pay. Well. Yeah, but that's not the 50-30-20 rule. Right. The 50-30-20 means you save 20%. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. I'm just telling you what the rule is. Right. All right. Um, now, it's not easy. Um, and, you know, and it doesn't really matter where you save it, right? You could mm-hmm. be saving it in a tax-qualified plan, you know, 401k, IRA. You could be saving it in a Roth IRA. You could be saving it in a non-qualified. You could be putting it under the mattress, whatever. The idea is that 20% of your pay is being saved. It's not being spent. All right. Now, so how, so how do you, you know, how the, and now, so let's build a plan, Carrie, and I'm going to use the lower end. I'm going to use a $50,000 a year starting, a 24-year-old starting off at $50,000. Now, is that too pie in the sky? Well, it de- I don't know. It, it, it depends. Um, you know, we, we, we're getting some data on what the 2021 college grads are seeing in the right. market. All right. And basically, when you look at now, again, this 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 would be national meet, you know, averages, right. not necessarily local. But you, and, and you're saying, well, maybe Cleveland's market isn't paying, obviously, what some other markets are. But that's, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. But if you look at, you know, this is just one article I saw. They said so uh, businesses right and business degrees right now, starting salary about fifty eight, fifty nine thousand. Okay. Um, agriculture, uh, about fifty four, fifty five thousand. 
Humanities. What is humanities? I don't even know what a job in humanities is. I don't is, either. <laughs> but it start, it's higher than business. Really? Um, 59,500. Up 10% from what the previous Who knew? Year. Social sciences, another close to 60,000. Okay, so, I, you know, and, and then there's also another article out of uh, GoBank, uh, the GoBank rates, you know, that famous online DIY type of uh, news. And what do they say? They list 20 jobs where... Uh, out of college, you could make sixty grand. Hmm. Okay, and obviously accountants and um, and these aren't even the high ones like right. the engineers and stuff. You know the uh, and this is high school teaching, high school all the way down to grade school. Okay, special ed teachers. Um, uh, you know then human resource people. Um, all you know all needing bachelor's degree, but you know you get the point. So again, I don't think it's too far out saying right. that. A college grad with a you know employable degree. Good to clarify because <laughs> can make fifty thousand dollars. Absolutely, but not everybody goes to college, Carrie. True. So you could also say, well, well, some of the trades, Mark, make more than that. Well, there you go. <laughs> but even, but I mean, what if you're working at the Amazon, you know, okay, warehouse, right? Well, so you could also look at it. This could be a a couple, right? Mm-hmm. Combined making fifty thousand. Okay. Okay. So you know, let's say it's a uh, let's say you have two full working, you know, four thousand hours, you know, two thousand hours each a year, and let's say you're making twelve fifty an hour. Okay. That would get you to fifty grand. Or okay. how about you know maybe you 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 you, you know we're going to have the new fifteen dollar minimum wage. So you got one person working full time, another person maybe working part time on that. You know that that would get you to fifty thousand. So I don't think fifty thousand is. We're not saying it's the person who's making six figures out of college that this fifty thirty twenty works with, right, Gary? Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm. So now you're getting my parameter. So I'm going to start off the twenty four year old because okay. not everyone graduates from college at twenty one anymore. So let's say you start out. You know, you get your career job at age twenty four, starting salary fifty thousand. Now I'm going to use two percent raises for your lifetime. Is that okay. too pie in the sky? Hmm, I don't think so. Okay. So I mean, people might say when they haven't had a raise in 10 years, but you know. So if you're starting at 50, you know, 50%, 25,000, he covers your daily living expenses. 30% or 15,000 is for discretionary. And the 20% or 10,000 is what you're saving. All right. Now let's make an assumption on what your savings rate or your savings rate of return is. Your investment rate of return. I'm going to use 5%. Okay. Now, is that too high? We can talk about that. But I'm going to use, this is how you modify it for what you want to use, right? But I'm going to use a 5%. Because, again, this is long-term savings. All right. Well, so so let's use Einstein's math, right, and use the rule of 72. So how long would it take for your wages to double? Well, if you take 72 divided by 2%, that's what it's going up a year. It's going to take 36 years. So that means by the time, you know, you're getting to be around 59 or 60, you're making 100,000. Is that still seem to pie in the sky? I don't think so. Okay. Um, now, how long are you going to work? Well, let's say, I'm going to, Carrie, I'm going to borrow what you had said earlier and said, let's say the, the uh, now it's actually not the millennial who's graduating right now, Carrie. It's really the Z generation who is graduating from college right now, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say the Z generation says, okay, I'm going to work to 67. Now, currently that would be their f- starting, so, you know, their full retirement age for Social Security. Now, a lot of people don't think it will remain 67 for Mm -hmm. the Z generation. Right. Um, A lot of people don't think it will remain 67 for some of the younger baby boomers. But for right now, that's the law, right? So let's say they're going to work from age 24 to 67, and then they're going to retire. All right? So now we can build the 50-30-20 plan. Now, I'm, uh, so they're 50, you know, so again, by the time they get to, 67 now their wages have accumulated are up to 117,000. Okay. All right. And at that point 50% of that would be 55 58,000 and change. Okay. 30% of that would be about 35,000. Mm-hmm. So the the two, you know, but that's where can you keep your expenses under those parameters? Right. That's the discipline that's tough tough to do. Right, to say 
well, if my mandatory is going up, then I'm going to have to adjust my discretionary. Right. Um, Because the savings is non-negotiable. So really the only pot you can adjust is the discretionary. Now, but how are the savings doing? Well, if you start at that ten thousand five percent a year, okay, uh, you know, and and then compounding and then and then adding, you know, adding twenty percent because you remember you're adding a little bit more each year because of the two percent pay increases. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's another now there's another rule of thumb, right, Carrie, that you see often as given as advice about. Another way to keep track of your retirement savings is if you accumulate a certain amount of savings based on a number of a pay, you know, a number of, you know, on your age based on your pay at that age. Have you, have you heard this one? Like by the time you're 30, they say you should have one times your earnings saved. Yeah, I've heard that, and but I the, don't know if that's. And by the time you're 35, you should have two times. Hmm. And then by the time you're 40, you should have three times. I think you're going to be short if you do it that way. But Well, how does the 50-30 rule, we'll see how that holds up right. against that theory, right? Okay, so following the 50-30, okay, so what is the savings? So if you do that, the 24-year-old at age 30, they're supposed to have, they're, now their salary is 56000 and they're supposed to have that time saved, right? All right. Well, following the, the 20% savings, they actually have 90000 saved at that point. Right. Okay. Um, how about, let's go up a little bit. How about by age 40? Now they're supposed to have three times their, say their, okay. their, their, their wages at 40 would be 68,000 and change. So three of those would be 206,000, but the 20% savings is now 312,000. So the 50, 30, 20 is staying ahead of that other rule. Okay. Almost doubling it. Okay. Now let's jump all the way down because we only have an hour show here. Let's jump all the way down. To age 67. Okay. okay. So now their wages is 117000 Okay. And the, the rule says you're supposed to have 10 times your earnings saved at that point. So that would be 1171000 This is what blows people's mind, right? Mm-hmm. Well, how much do you think is in the 20%? Savings plan. A lot. I'm guessing a lot more. Two point one five eight million. Yep. Think they're going to be okay? I think they're going to be okay. Well, now, so that ends the fifty thirty twenty rule. Remember, I said the fifty thirty twenty rule is designed to get you to retirement, Mm -hmm. and then when you're in retirement, you use the four percent rule to see if you can get to the grave. Right. All right. So now we're going to add, now we're going to take that, and now we're going to implement the 4% rule. All right. Now, if you don't want, if you, if you missed our past few shows, you have to go back and get caught up if you're not sure what the 4% rule is. You, you know, we, we did, I think, at least three programs on that. You know, you can catch them on podcasts. But basically, so now we're implementing the 4% rule. So would we say that the, the savings for this couple has gone up to 2158000 So that's their nest egg. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start taking 4% out a year of that. Okay. Okay, which is, you know, 87000 and change. And then we're going to assume the 5% investment earnings, you know, you know mm-hmm. okay. And, you know, we're going to, you know... And that we're saying we're, we're, it's, you know, remember Benjamin's 4% rule was 30 years. Right. So if they're going into retirement, their first year of retirement is age 68, 30 years takes them to 97. Is that long enough? Probably. Okay. And then by age 97, their nest egg, the 2.1 million now, it will be approaching zero. Okay. All right. Um, but the other thing we got to add in is this is not their only source of income in retirement. Social Security. They're going to get Social Security. Now, we, so what we did is we took the, you know, our Social Security robot and we said, okay, what if you had a, a couple age 24 starting now? One was making 30000 a year, one's making 20000 a year, and they retire at age 67 with the cost of living adjustments that the Social Security builds in. Right. We have a projection of what their Social Security benefits would be. At age 67. At age 67. Yeah, at age 67. Okay, so for the person making 30000 a year, the projected Social Security benefit would be $5,366 a month. 
That's a lot. Or about 64000 a year. Well, that's a lot in today's dollars. It's a lot in today's dollars. It might right, not seem I mean, so much, you know, Right, but I'm saying that's years, a lot you know. to cover some of those mandatory expenses, and that's just one right. spouse. And, and then and then the other, the other $20,000 spouse would have uh, 4329 or $51,948 a year. Hmm. Okay. So now we add all those three numbers up together, starting at age 68. So you have the the higher Social Security at sixty four thousand, the lower Social Security at fifty two thousand, plus the first year withdrawal. Remember that two million one fifty eight four percent of that. You know the eighty seven thousand eight fifty two hundred and four thousand one ninety. And there's inflation protection on that because we you know Benjamin built in the inflation protection on, on the four percent on the withdrawal rule, right. and Social Security has cost of living increases under the current you know rule, right. So are they going to be okay? I think they're going to be better than okay. Well, remember, so what was their lifestyle? And the way they're going to be is because they they kept their lifestyle. Remember we said that their combined 80% spending at age 67 was about 94000 Okay. So, but what now the 4% rule is saying they could budget 204000 There's your discretionary. There's your extra travel. There's your extra home improvements. Your hobbies because you work. Carrie, you're going to the fun stuff. I'm saying there's your health insurance. Oh, see, I'm thinking, yeah, that's your health insurance, but you gotta have the fun stuff. We'll throw. You can throw. I think you can fit Hawaii in there. Yeah, or I'm thinking, take on new hobbies or. Now, so a lot of people may say, yeah, Mark, that's fine, but I think, uh, I think five percent is too pie in the sky. Okay. So let's quickly ask the robot to rerun everything, assuming a 4% rate of return. I'm not going to go through all the numbers. I'm just going to give you the bottom line. Right? So at the 4% rate of return, okay, now their nest egg at age 67 would be 1677000 Okay. Okay. Now we also revise the 4% rule, meaning that we're not going to use Benjamin's 5%. We're going to use 4%. Okay. So that lowers the first year withdrawal from 4% to 3.57%. Okay. So you've got the 1,677, 3.57%, you know, the, the revised 4% rule is about, you know, 59,008, and this is called 60 grand. Now, Social Security doesn't change because their wages base didn't change. Right. All we changed was the rate of return on investments. Mm-hmm. All right. So you still have that. So now... You've got 176,000. Okay. Not the previous, you know, 204. But are you still going to be okay? Now, also, um, you could say, because, well, okay, because you, your lifestyle at that point is 94,000, and the 4% rule saying you could spend 176, I still think there's Hawaii trips in that. Mm-hmm. So even at 4%, you're going to be okay. Now, there's a lot of reason why, you know, people say that the reason why the 50-30-20 rule is impossible is because no one can follow it. Mm, I disagree. I think it takes effort and conscious work to follow it, but that doesn't mean you can't follow it. Well, it okay, so they say right now that... Um, most people spend about 70% of their money on housing, transportation, and food. Okay. That will hurt the 50, 30, right. 20 rule. All right. And in all fairness, there's some people that have medical that that's not a negotiable that may be a hefty number. Now, some people, or not some people, other reports say that the lowest income families spend 40% of their money on luxury. Okay. So, well, that's opposite of what should be going on, but... So do you think that's a problem? Yes. Um, so these are things, this is, re, re, you know, why it's not, you know, easy right. to, by any means to follow these things. And, and you have to kind of, you know, talk these things over mm-hmm. with your college grads and, right. and say, okay. And there's some other things happening right now, Carrie, right, is... is there's this idea that have you noticed that the housing prices have gone up a little bit? Oh yeah. I mean, we've had clients that have sold houses 
and they've gotten above asking price and quite a bit of, you know, above asking price. And so the millennials, let's talk about the millennials now. They've been out, graduated for a while, out working. They're buying houses right now, but Mm -hmm. guess what? They're paying top dollars. Correct. And And low interest rates in all fairness, because a lot of people that bought their home remembers the double digit mortgage rates. So they also have, even though they're paying a higher price, their interest rates are phenomenal. Right. But are they staying in the 50, 30, 20 rule by Mm -hmm. over, you know, buying too much house? Right. Okay. Um, And, and, and they may be getting disappointed. As a matter of fact, there was a a bank rate survey that showed that 64% carry of the millennials say they've regretted now buying their home. Maybe they bought over. That's a like, two thirds. Maybe they bought way out of their budget because maybe guess what? When do you any, buy, do any millennials listen to this show? I don't know. But do you remember like when you, when you're a home buyer, things go wrong. You have to budget for right. 20%, maintenance. Tw- 20% <laughs> cited expensive maintenance costs. Furniture. Now you need um, more furniture. Usually if you have a yard, you need, Lawn things, a mower, 13, utilities, all these things that add up right. that you need as a homeowner. 13% said they now, in retrospect, said they overpaid for it. Right. Okay. Um, it's that FOMO, right? The mm-hmm. fear of missing out. Right. You know, it's, it's they're, they're running out. And also... Um, I was going to say, didn't yours? I know my son's going to be looking for a condo because he doesn't want the added yard work with working. Right. My oldest bought, bought a, a condo, condo. Right. And now he's looking to get into a house... Um, but he doesn't want to sell the condo to do it. He wants He's to gonna use it as a rental. rental right. Because he got in at a very low, you know, interest rate as well. Um, but also the thing with the what they're finding is that see, there's a lack of new home building going on, right? So I mean the only houses that are supply out because there, of COVID. But the only houses out there are old. Well, yeah. And what about what do you know about old houses, Carrie? They need maintenance. Well, and the, the new home, I think, even if there are building, there's such a delay. Have you seen the price? Like, thank God we rebuilt, my husband rebuilt the deck railing last summer because the cost of wood, I've been into a Lowe's and Home Depot, is quite a bit more than it was last summer. Right. Now, also, too, they're saying that millennials, they're, they, they're not opposed to buying a house, never even seeing it live. You know, funny you said that. My cousins that just bought a house because they were... They're traveling nurses. They're having a baby. They they literally did a virtual tour through with the real estate agent and bought the house. I, that is very foreign to me. I would never you that you would buy a house never doing a walkthrough. No, I yeah because to me even though you get a video, there's things you see and get a feel for it or the you know versus a yeah they did a virtual open house and put a bid on it. So that's why. Again, it, we're not saying it's easy to follow the 50-30-20 rule. And we'll keep on. But so let Carrie, next week, I will pick up on this topic. But I'm going to say, forget about the 20% saving. It's too hard. Let's, could you make, how would your plan work if you followed the 55-30-15 rule? Okay. Put a little bit more in the mandatory housing, let's say. Right. A little bit less the savings. Would you be okay? But the real question is, can the 50-30-20 rule save the 55-year-old who hasn't started saving for retirement yet? Hmm. Stay tuned. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.